Tone Deaf is the journey of a theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. I'm sorry for me. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the show we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Title, There's Something About Mary and Joseph, Fandom, The Bible, Pairings, Mary slash Joseph, Herod slash Gabriel. Author's Note, First five reviews get immaculately conceived. Please no flames, I just really love M slash J. I know this is a popular pairing, but it's popular for a reason, dang it. I was going to do this in script format, but apparently that's not allowed on this site anymore, so pros it is. Joseph. Don't forget the disclaimer, Kay. Mary. Yeah, you don't want to be sued by God. Fig. I'm going to be a marketable plushie. That's right. I do not own the Bible or the book of Luke or the book of Matthew. Please do not sue me. Thank you for reading. I'll try to update next week, but no promises. XP. Welcome to Tone Deaf. The fuck did I just listen to? (laughs) (laughs) I was trying real hard not to laugh during that. You're welcome. Did did your Les Mis uh, fan fiction start out that way when you were 14? I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> but, uh, yes. Yes, it did. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for our, their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. So, first off, Merry Christmas to y'all who celebrate. Happy holidays. Uh, happy Kwanzaa. We did miss Hanukkah, but happy Hanukkah, belated. Happy Um, Yule. Happy Yule. I can't remember what the greeting is for that. You'll all have a wonderful holiday. (laughs) So you may be wondering why we're here on Christmas of all days. On this, the day of Jesus's birth. Well, our brother from another mother and patron and friend of the show, Cookie, uh, we were on a chat with him and his wife when he said, have you heard of Journey to Bethlehem? And proceeded to show us the most buckwild fucking trailer I have ever seen in my life. And instantaneously, we knew we had to review this show. Yes. And I... I tried to look into all of the behind the scenes about this show, any production, anything, and I couldn't find anything other than... Okay. It's because it was immaculately produced. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, God. Um, other than, like, I, I can't remember which person we were watching on YouTube that was talking about uh, the creators of the film being connected to Angel Studios, which made us go, well, we're not paying for this. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I believe I was the one who said that uh, I'm fairly certain I would stake my soul on it, whatever's left of it, that Jesus would encourage the pirating of this musical. Yeah. I feel it's... like Jesus would encourage the pirating of anything that is profiteering off of him in any way. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, but I I looked... Like, I, I saw that it was, uh, Adam Anders was mostly responsible for this. Um, and he was related to Glee, which I didn't watch because that whole show felt like a nightmare to me. <laughs> it just, it was everything that was why I didn't take theater in high school, why I was community theater rather than, like, in high school theater, as well as when a theater high school opened up in Utah, I was like, no, thank you. I'll go to the one for nerds. <laughs> and uh, keen-eared listeners may be hearing our fifth mostly silent, less silent than the other two co-hosts uh charlotte who is also known as grumblebutt who is now laying at my feet yes she is she is going to be 15 in march she may be she may be grumbling because we're not paying attention to her at the moment yes so if you if you hear that that's yeah that's if you charlotte. hear a Aww. and charlotte also wishes you a merry christmas yes merry christmas who are you where am i Oh, you're the nice man. <laughs> anyway, so we've actually seen this show twice. The first time we were a little fucked up, because uh, you gotta be. And then the second time I was like, okay, I need to take notes for this. Yes. <laughs> we're doing an episode. Let me bust out my Word document. Yes. So, um, Warren, what were your thoughts with the first time that we watched this? Um, well... Aforementioned, we were a little fucked up. Yes. Uh, we watched it with Cookie and his wife, and uh, it was a good old time. We had popcorn, and uh, we're just laughing at the absurdity of, uh, you know, because I think, you know, and I, I made this joke when we were watching it initially, but I think I enjoyed it more than everybody else because I never read the book. Mm -hmm. So it makes it easier to just enjoy the movie and take it for what it is. Uh, <laughs> but even I knew... That there were uh, inaccurate things in it just based off the source material. Boy, howdy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. But it, it, it's, it's one of those shows, I, I might put this in the category of so bad that it's good. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so, like, I enjoy, I enjoyed it both times we watched it. And yeah. And, like, I joked with you the other night, um... It, it might become a, a Christmas tradition in the uh, tone deaf household to uh, to watch this once at least once a year and and just laugh at it. Yeah, and I hate that I enjoyed it. <laughs> it you know, it's got some catchy music. The lyrics, the you know, uh, oh uh, boy, questionable rhyming schemes uh, uh, abound. <laughs> and this is coming from Mister 
two lines of dialogue and then can't rhyme anymore. So <laughs> I understand. It's almost like I wrote the lyrics for this, you know, <laughs> uh, with how how much things don't rhyme. Um, but there's more than a few a few songs in this that are that are bops, you know. that, yeah. that You kind of just you kind of just groove with it. And Antonio fucking Antonio fucking Banderas. Yes, he is King Herod. And boy does he does he love his role. He yeah. he brought he committed to this as hard as I've seen him commit to any role. Yeah, there's a reason that mine and Cookie's Discord profile pictures <laughs> now are King Herod. <laughs> And I'm I'm a nonconformist, so I refuse to conform to to them. You nom, what is it? Non nom nonconformist. <laughs> you nonconformist. Comfort. I'm a comfornicationist. <laughs> Back up. Hey, that could have been a lyric in <laughs> Mary and Joseph, the nonconformicationers. I can't title the episode. <laughs> I don't know. I like that there's something about Mary and Joseph. <laughs> that one that one tickled me. That tickled me in the weenus. But uh you know uh taking aside like age discrepancies from say the Bible and mm-hmm. uh and this movie and, and casting of characters um i actually kind of really liked the casting yeah Um, i don't think that the the actors they picked did a bad job in their given roles Mm -mm. i kind of felt like uh casting was pretty good Mm -hmm. overall i mean Mm -hmm. i I, i'm still baffled by antonio banderas but that's just (laughs) because it's antonio banderas and i just am it's puss in boots puss in boots (laughs) And the thirteenth warrior, our King Herod. <laughs> I don't know. I, w- I would be curious to ask Antonio: Was this just the most fun you ever had in a movie? Because you're like the highest tier actor in the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And did they? And just curious: How big was the truckload of gold that they backed up to your driveway and dumped in front of you? Like gold. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. But yeah. It's it's one of those things where I feel like if it wasn't about Mary and Joseph, it actually could stand on its own. <laughs> but because there's source material that uh. <laughs> literally everyone knows and they diverge so hard. Uh. <laughs> I this our second time watching through since we weren't fucked up. I had the Bible open, going, no, 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 no. And uh, I got to say, I've never seen a movie based on something that had a disclaimer. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So uh, we'll talk about that. Yes, it's beautiful. It's it's amazing. I I hate how much I love this movie. (laughs) I do too. That's what I'm saying. Like... My non-secular self, my heathenistic ass, um, <laughs> I just, I enjoyed it a lot. And yeah. I, I've seen it twice, and I would watch it again. And Charlotte, what are you doing? <laughs> are you are you being a menace down there? 
the way that she is sitting is great. Yeah, she's laying on my footrest because I'm currently cross-legged in my seat. Hi. <laughs> Do you have thoughts about Antonio Banderas as King Herod? I don't know how I got here. <laughs> yeah, she's a cutie floof. Mm-hmm. All right. And meanwhile, sil- Latte is silent behind us going, I've eaten my dinner. I deserve a cookie box, but I, I can't have one until you're done recording, so hurry up. I'm being a good girl. But mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so we are going to take just a brief intermission, and then we'll we'll come back and talk about the time that we watched it not fucked up. Because <laughs> I have notes to prove it. Oh boy, I'm so excited. <laughs> I am too, actually. <laughs> I have no idea what you wrote, but I'm excited. <laughs> Let's just say that they were divinely inspired. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to talk about our favorite people in the whole wide world? It is! We'd like to thank our stage crew sponsors, Jasmine Wu, Jeff, Tyler McCarty, and Shamik. And our producer circle sponsors, Bianucci, Taylor Brandt, Jesse, and Cookie. Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Dr. Petronella Sage is brilliant, headstrong, curious, and passionate. She never uses five words when ten will more fully explain her thinking. Sage is determined to gain the respect of her masculine peers, but more than that, she wants to do something that will make a real difference for the scientific community and the world. It is this drive which leads to her reckless and even life-threatening behaviors. A laboratory accident ends in the doctor discovering time travel, which she dubs transmigration. The tales of Sage and Savant follow her exploits, alongside friend and faithful companion Erasmus Savant, into the mysteries of death, consciousness, and all of time and space. The irony of man's condition is that the deepest need is to be free of the anxiety of death and annihilation. Ernst Becker, American cultural anthropologist. Death is no barrier to science. Dr. Petronella Sage, Galvanist, Transmigrationist. The Tales of Sage and Savant is a Twin Star production brought to you on the first of each month from our Southern California studios. Our tale stars Eddie Louise as Dr. Petronella Sage, Chip Michael as Professor Erasmus Savant, Emily Riley Pyatt as Mix Abigail Entwistle, and myself, Justin Bremer, as your humble narrator. Now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. Alright, so Warren, have, have you brushed up on your theology? Are you ready to give a stellar Sunday School presentation about the Mary and Joseph musical rom-com. Uh, well, I didn't brush up on my theology, but I did brush up against a former theology uh, 
student in the training. <laughs> so I feel like um, I like osmosis, you know, maybe a little bit. But uh, uh, don't quiz me on anything. Unless I can, like, get extra credit for being a teacher's pet. Oh, my God. And only if you're the teacher. Oh, my and God. And you let me pet you. Jesus. <laughs> This is going to be good. <laughs> so, <laughs> diving right into it. Journey to Bethlehem. The Jesus Christ baby superstar movie musical extravaganza. <laughs> Inspired by a true story. The greatest story ever told. And I shit you not, that is the opening title card. Anyways, in the land of Judah, in 1-ish BC... There was a young girl named Mary, and little did she know, her life was about to change forever. Because three kings from the Order of Magi were looking for a special star. Balthazar, who was known for his astronomy skills, sees a bright light in the sky and runs off to tell Gaspar, who was easily the greatest scholar in the land. Gaspar and Balthazar tell Malchior, the super-awesome navigator with an appetite to match. Malchior shows them on a map where the land of Judah is, and as they all stand in amazement of the journey they're about to embark on, the random servant lady in the tent starts <laughs> chanting all holy-like, and all three of the magi are like, what the fuck is up with her? And they just stare at her in complete confusion, and then we cut to the opening credits as we see the three tiny magi riding their camels through the desert as pop music plays over this animated cartography <laughs> intro sequence. So, the and we need to talk about that. That so, <coughs> listeners of the show for for a while will will know that we've had the discussion about in-universe song and dance numbers. How yes, like yes. you? Ha I don't remember what that thing is called. So diegetic versus non-diegetic. Thank you, diegetic. Um, so. When you're in the universe, everybody busts into song and dance, and it's not a thing. Nobody, like, points it out or is like, what the fuck are those people doing over there? Mm -hmm. uh, they This was non-diegetic. Like, she just bursts into this... Oh. Well, so, I, I'm gonna do it, like, way lower in my range, but it's... Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel... Is that what she did? Yeah. She's oh. she's singing O Come O Come Emmanuel, but she's singing it higher than me. Okay. And I even warmed up in my probably because oh, I just seagull laughed. <laughs> she does it like very like high chant. Yeah, it it at first you don't know what the song is. <laughs> I fucking didn't. But that's the thing, is it? And she... then you realize what it is and it's like oh, this is there are gonna be several times in this. Where they sing a carol that was written in like the <laughs> seventeen or eighteen hundred. I believe you said it was eighteen eighteen or something like that. Eighteen eighteen for one of them. That just I was like, what? No. But that's the thing is that this show will flip flop back and forth between people breaking out in song and dance and nobody batting an eye, and then people doing song and dance and people batting an eye. Yeah. So they do not commit to no. either diegetic or non diegetic. It is just fucking whatever yeah, it is the wild yeah. west up in here with whether or not you're a lunatic breaking out into song and dance in the middle of normal people or if everything is normal and this is just a daily occurrence in this musical land yeah it it 
a lot of choices are made with this as we're going to go through. <laughs> so many choices. So many intentional decisions that I, you know, I really wonder, like, how many drafts were there of this? Like, did they pass it around and say, do you have any notes? Or did they just go one and done, send it to print? Let's, let's, let's do this, bitch. As we get through this, you will ask the same question <laughs> I did. Who is this for? <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's for us. It's for Warren and I because we fucking love this. I feel like anybody who grew up and went to Sunday school, which, I mean, I did not. Uh, I never grew up. But anyway, anybody who went to Sunday school, I think, is just going to be like a dog hearing a noise they've never heard before. And just, um. <laughs> don't Don't use this to pass theology class. <laughs> <laughs> this is like watching Disney's Hercules to pass, like, a Greek mythology class. Oh, my God, it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, there you go. Was, yeah. uh, this is like if, oh, God, that's the thing. It's about as accurate to the source material as if anything Disney has done is accurate to the source material. Oh, my God, you're right. So it's just buck wild. They just kind of make it up as they go. It's, it's so beautiful. This just inspired by a true story is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that yes, sentence. Yes, it is. It's, uh... Yes, it is. So anyway, uh, we end the intro sequence with the three tiny magi riding on their camels through the uh, cartography animated desert sequence. We then immediately see Mary walking in to ask her parents why she has to get married to a man that she hasn't even met. What about her dream of being a teacher? <laughs> She asks as her father reminds her that she's a woman and she's only good for being a wife and nothing else. And the first time we watched that, it was just, a, I mean, and honestly, it was a continuing running joke of her just being like, what about my dream of being a teacher? What about my dream of being a teacher? At any time now, any time that there's a slight inconvenience. What about my dream of being a teacher? Uh, so Mary goes out to confide and pout to her donkey friend, Fig, and her two forgettable friends try to make her feel better about being betrothed, and they break out into song, cause Mary, you're getting married, and it's about to be the best day of your life, cause women can't have a fulfilling life unless they're being filled fully by a man in marriage. The line, Mary, you're so contrary. <laughs> Oh, oh, Mary, you're so contrary. I love this movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I hate that I love it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, so, so stop complaining, Mary. It's tradition, tradition. <laughs> Similar to how this movie likes to make bad rhymes. So, for example, God. the worst rhyme in the uh, uh, Mary or Getting Mary song is when they tried to rhyme family knows best with this predicament yeah yeah and and the line is it's so weird because it's like i know my family knows best and then mary's friend sisters because it's not really clear how they are all related because there's well as as yeah, uh, cookie's wife said weird. one of them is pale enough she looks like she was plucked out of provo utah yes um, but they say, at least you'll look good in your, and you're like, wedding dress. Yeah, it's like, what? How does that, how did you make that rhyme? It didn't, it, it didn't. didn't make it rhyme with best. 
But they tried. <laughs> they, they, I don't even want to say they tried. Because there's so many other things that would have rhymed with that oh much better God. than predicament. Wedding dress. Just something, anything. Like, Jesus pole vaulting out of the womb to kick the writer in the fucking face Christ. What the <laughs> hell? Who thought that that was clever? That's right, That's Charlotte. Right. You said it. Anyways, the horrible rhyme is brushed aside, but will occupy a dark nook in our minds forever. Mary, in classic rom-com fashion, bumps into her betrothed-to-be in such a classic, Oops! Oh my gosh, I didn't see you there! Hey, let me help you pick that up! Wait, stop flirting with me! I'm betrothed, and totally not to you, to some older guy three times my age, at least according to the source material. And you're obviously supposed to be an eligible bachelor in your early 20s, because this movie would be a lot less socially acceptable if it showed a 14-year-old being married off to a 40-year-old. Well, everywhere except for those states that child, ba <laughs> child brides are still allowed. Jesus. Yay! Tradition! Tradition! Oh my god! Because women are things to be owned and controlled. Oh, hey, Mary is leaving, <laughs> leaving this strange man that she just met who was juggling fruit and telling her to pick one as a gift to a lovely bride. Mary snatches a fig out of the air and shoves it in Joseph, I mean, the stranger's mouth <laughs> and walks off. Joseph, I mean, the stranger chases after Mary, but is cocked blocked by Mary's big hairy ass. <laughs> fig. So I still can't believe that there's a fucking meat cute with Mary and Joseph. I, uh, <laughs> it is not inaccurate to call this a rom-com musical. Really? Like, there are so many tropes from rom-coms in this. Uh, we then cut to Antonio Banderas as <laughs> King Pussin Crown Herod, and I am just <laughs> so fucking curious how much they paid him to be in this movie. <laughs> I feel like it had to be a sacrilegious amount of money, like a truckload of gold backed up to his driveway and dumped in front of him, or maybe 30 small cars full of silver. I mean, <laughs> a serious amount had to be doled out. Anyways, Puss and Crown's son comes in to report to his father after returning from Rome, because Caesar wants Herod to conduct a census of Judah. And Herod is like, I don't want to. I like being in charge, and doing anything for someone else makes me remember that I'm a king, but not an emperor. <laughs> but anyways, it's good to be king, at least, oh as Puss God. and Crown sings about how good it is to be king. How... It's showtime. How stinking good how it stinking is to be king. How stinking good it is to be king. Because <laughs> there's no cursing in this, because, you know, family-friendly rom-com. But as, as Warren said, he starts the song going... Showtime. Showtime. Which. <laughs> <laughs> As the king takes a stroll among his peasantry, he gets pelted with rotten vegetables, and instead of punishing everyone, he singles out one madman, one mad-looking lad, and has him snatched away by his guards, serenading us with the classic Wilhelm scream. After a brief dance scene with the king's guards, we see him go to a torture room to terrorize the man who pelted him with lettuce, and Puss and Crown nearly orgasms with the power that he feels terrorizing the populace. He, like, quite literally, he's holding a knife to the guy, like, just to scare him. He goes, it feels so good! Wow. And I'm just saying, it feels good to be king. <laughs> 
He returns to his throne room and plants his puss ass in the seat, which is embedded in a giant lion's mouth. So I stand by my puss and crown nickname. <laughs> Anyways, he snaps his fingers at the end of the musical number and the lights go out. Cause king. Back at Maid Mary, she's preparing to give up on her dreams of being a teacher as she gets her marriage makeup put on by her mother, who tells her that this is all part of God's plan for her, and she's so special, God must have great ball-slappy plans for her. <laughs> Mary, what the fuck? <laughs> Mary's father welcomes Joseph and kisses him, being like, Oh my god, I wish I was marrying you instead! Mwah! Mwah! What? What? <laughs> and then he tells the musicians to play, play, and for Mary's friends slash sisters or whatever to go and retrieve Mary, because it's time to marry off a child bride. <laughs> Ages slightly adjusted to be more acceptable to sensibilities of the modern audiences everywhere. <laughs> Praise be to God, as Mary and Joseph meet, and hey, it's totally the random guy from the market who was fondling fruits and flirting with betrothed Mary. <laughs> Mary is upset because she's like, You were flirting with me, a betrothed woman, while you were also betrothed, and you didn't mention that. How dare you, you scoundrel! And Mary informs Joseph that she's upset because she's giving up on her dream of being a teacher. And Joseph is like, Oh yeah? Well, I'm an inventor. I have ideas. Inventing ideas. Ideas about inventions that could change the world. So, so yeah. I'm, uh, I'm also a big deal. This... I'm not some, some stepdad carpenter or anything like that. I... Uh, uh, That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You, uh, you heard, you heard correctly. Joseph is an inventor. And not a carpenter anymore. He's not an a carpenter. He's an inventor. The, the one job description that he is given in... One, one of the key details that is actually defined... In the source material. I'm pretty sure, I'm trying to remember, but I'm pretty sure that he is listed as a carpenter in the Bible. He sure shit isn't listed as He's an inventor. He's not listed as an inventor. There's nothing invented by Joseph. He's not Joseph and, da Vinci oh, for oh, crying out loud. Oh, and this is the only time this will ever come up. That he is an inventor. Yes, this is true. It's the this only, is the only time. It's, it's a one and done. And uh, Mary being a teacher comes up a lot. <laughs> comes up multiple times because she's giving up on her dream of being a teacher. But uh, spoilers, Joseph doesn't invent shit the entire no. movie. No, he doesn't. It's... Why? What? Who is this for? Uh, Who is this for other than me? For audiences <laughs> everywhere, okay? So Mary sits down and does a pouting song about how unfair it is that she has to marry a guy that she doesn't know. And Joseph sings about how, yeah, him too. He didn't have a choice in this. It's hard for him too, as an inventor with no inventions. But they end up singing about how they have to do it, because it's tradition, tradition. And they have to have faith that maybe, with time, they'll become horny for each other. <laughs> I mean, Joseph is already eye-humping Mary, but the bride-to-be is like, meh. They even have the standing on a bridge over a little, like, reflecting pool almost, staring at each other, singing. This is a 
fucking rom-com. <laughs> I don't know if that was supposed to be a well, because the water Probably. Looked, it looked dirty as fuck. Yeah, I And don't... I was like, are they, do they wash their clothes in that? What is, what's the purpose of I, this I'm eight not... by four rectangular pool of water? I'm, there are a lot of choices made in this. You probably have a note somewhere later on about other set choices and set dressing choices that happen. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see about that. Yeah. And uh, you can totally make mention if I don't. So. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Joseph's already horny for Mary, but Mary's like, eh. What about my dreams of being a teacher? Anyways, <laughs> the song ends and the two of them take one another by the hand and walk back to the party. Cut to that night in the sleeping hut and the Sandman pours in through the ceiling and turns into a regular man. A man named Gabriel. And Gabriel <laughs> takes a minute to go over his lines and hype himself up about telling Mary that she's about to get fucked by the almighty penis in the sky. <laughs> Gabriel is like nervous about this. He's like, oh, he's like shaking it out, like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, um, he's going over his lines over and over again, rehearsing them. And then, I mean, I get it. I do kind of get that, but it's a weird choice. But it's a choice. But he's he's an angel. He's supposed to be a perfect being. Yeah, but like, it, it, since they're not taking some of this seriously, it's like, okay, yeah, it's an angel going. I've never, I've literally never had to do this. I quite like, literally have I've, had to never tell a mortal about to get dicked down by God. Yeah, I've told many a mortal that was unable to conceive that, hey, guess what? You're you're pregnant now. But I've never had to say, you're pregnant and God's the father. Yeah, and good luck collecting alimony or any child support. <laughs> All the money he has, he sure is stingy about it. Anyway. As Gabe does his angel thing and levitates up, he starts proceeding towards Mary, sleeping in her bed, and then hits his head on a fucking beam, providing us a brief giggle. Gabe then angels up and puts his game face on before continuing his levitation act over to Mary's bedside. Gabriel tries to gently wake up Mary. 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 But she's deep asleep. He's only able to wake up Mary after using his big boy angel voice, Mary! <laughs> and Mary is startled awake, and it's like, Who? What? Where? When? Why? How? And Gabe is like, Gabriel, angel, here, now, to tell you to get fucked by God. <laughs> Gabe tells Mary that the baby must be named Jesus. And Mary is like, But what about my dream of being a teacher? Jesus. And Gabe is like, Hey, you're going to be popping out a magic baby who people are going to debate about for centuries on if he even existed and whether or not he was the king of kings. And maybe some of the details are questionable because nothing about him or anything he did was really written down until 150 years after he supposedly <laughs> lived. And you know how if you tell a friend a story and they tell a friend a story and they tell a friend a story, <laughs> by the time you get to the fourth retelling, it's a completely different story. Yeah, it might be like that. For all we know, maybe... Maybe he was just a nice guy who made cabinets and was really good at swimming. And suddenly, he's the son of God with fermented blood. But I digress. Mary, anyways, I need to go now. Bye! And the angel yeets out. Beam me up, God! 
and Gabriel does his Sandman thing and poofs away. And if the magic sand thing holds true, we see him then sliding up King Puss and Crown as he's ma- as he's making him have bad dreams. I'll- I wrote that intro part before we saw that. <laughs> yeah. Um. The only time we ever see like the glittery sand effect is when Gabriel manifests. So we're led to assume through what the movie has shown us that that sand effect is Gabriel. Yeah. So Gabriel is like laying on top of King Herod, just giving him oogie boogie dreams and uh, some sort of dreams sliding up and down on him. Herod slash Gabriel. (laughs) I'd chip it. Even though he never transforms into a human, it's just glowy sand sliding up and down the bed. Wait, Gabe, what are you doing to that puss? So anyways, puss without his crown awakens and is all sleepy and grumpy from his bad touch dreams. He gets out of bed and walks over to the window and looks outside and sees a very bright star and is like, I don't like stars. I'm a king. And then we jump to Mary getting chewed out by her family for telling them that she's supposed to be God's baby mama. Mary's papa tells her and the whole family to pray and not say anything to anyone. And Mary immediately tells Joseph, who was like, What? You slept with God? And I'm supposed to be his son's stepfather? How can I compete with that? I may be an inventor, but not even I could invent a story like that. And Joseph's parents tell Mary to get the fuck out and never come back. Mary leaves and is all sad that no one believes her about her story of getting railed by the Almighty. (laughs) Cutting to that night, her father is... We suddenly just... It shows her leaving Joseph's place all sad, and then suddenly it's nighttime. And her father is like, yeah, yeah, good idea, Mary. Go stay with your cousin. It's better for all of us if you just get the fuck out of here. And then Mary sings a song about how she's just a poor virgin girl from a poor family. <laughs> Nobody loves <laughs> With dreams of being a teacher, how could she possibly be so hot that God wanted to pump her full of celestial seed? <laughs> Anyways, Mary keeps singing her Oh Why Me song as she sad walks and then stops and then walks and then sits by a fire holding herself like she's cold, you know, in the desert, during the day, when it's notoriously so, so cold. But then she gets up from the fire and walks through the desert with her arms out by her side, touching the imaginary tall grass that she wishes was there in the scene to make it less awkward. Oh, there was tall grass, just not Not that much. Not up to her. Yeah, she just has her arms holding out, and I don't know if it's, like, supposed to be some kind of of imagery to imply the crucifixion or something no you don't no, think so it's okay it looked like that stock footage that you'll see in, in like, like herpes medication yes, cart yes, commercials where people exactly are exactly what it looked walking like. through fields with their arms out just happy to be alive and touching tall grass are you a 14 year old virgin without a child try celestia seed celestia seed is recommended to you by angels everywhere don't take celestia seed if you are already pregnant or if you are to be betrothed god has a way of fucking up your plans though so you know if i had thought about that i would have like written an actual joke instead of just winging it that was 
great. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, where was I? <laughs> uh, Mary singing that song that uh, had so many natural stopping points, but they didn't take them. Yeah. So, oh my God, you are so right. There's yeah. so many times that the song would like end and die down. And then a beat later would pick back up in like a different scene. And we're like, I thought the song was over. <laughs> that was a natural stop. Okay, it's over now. Wait, it's still going? Okay. So Mary continues as she sing walks to the edge of a cliff and crescendos with this, why me? And then we see her walking up to her cousin's house with her big hairy ass following her. We then cut to the three magi, Balthazar and Gas. Oh, oh uh, the ahead. cousin's house, when she walks up to it, uh, they miss a very, like, this is literally in the Bible. This is a big thing that happens. Mary goes up to her cousin Elizabeth, who's like 60s and pregnant, like six months pregnant. And in the Bible, John the baby that's inside her, John the Baptist, Mr. Prepare Ye, does a fucking leap for joy and in her womb, and then there's, like, the Holy Spirit fills Elizabeth, and she sings a song, and Mary sings a song. Like, there's actual songs in the Bible during this part, like, that are titled Elizabeth's Song. Mary's song. So are these songs in in the Bible, in the canon, let's yes. say, are they diegetic or non-diegetic? They're diegetic. They're diegetic. Yeah. So nobody would bat an eye about yeah. these two just nobody breaking Nobody bats song. an eye about it. And it's like, because they're songs of praise. And it, it, they don't do that. They don't even have the baby jumping for joy in the womb. Like, <sighs> they just have... Oh, it's true. And then we cut to the next scene. And it's like, no, this is a, this is a moment that is in that you could do something cool with because you have the power of film. But no, we it have would, to get to the comic relief. It would have, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have required them to give a shit. Yeah, and to maybe do a second draft <laughs> again. Who was this for, other than me? Because <laughs> I still love it. <laughs> Yeah, we're dragging it, but like we said, it's it's like a, it's like it's, it's so, so bad, bad. It's, it's good. so bad that it's enjoyable. Yeah, so <laughs> makes no damn sense. Compels, Compels me. Compels me though. <laughs> so we then cut to the three magi, Balthazar and Gaspar are yelling at Malkior because he's just been sitting on his ass and eating food, and they realize that they are now currently in the land of Judah, and they're like, "When were you gonna tell us, Malkior?" And Malkior is so focused on getting more food because it's date palm season and he wants to get some fat, juicy ones. And the three agree that they need to go talk to King Puss and Crown because he'll have the scrolls that they need to locate the magic baby god king. Cutting back to Mary, she's having her hair brushed by her cousin and being like, who am I to raise this baby? And her cousin is like, a few minutes of joy in a lifetime of responsibility abstinence is the only way to not get pregnant and mary's head just <laughs> fucking explodes like a grenade the end okay okay not really it then jumps <laughs> it then jumps to joseph who was like well, so they do talk about that zechariah can't speak zechariah is uh, elizabeth's husband they don't talk about why and it's because he was like gabriel are you on crack when Gabriel came to him to tell him, 
your wife's about to be pregnant. Like, you're gonna go home, fuck your wife, and then she's gonna get pregnant with Jesus's cousin, <laughs> John the Baptist, who is going to be living in the desert eating crickets. Um, <laughs> high in protein. High in protein. Um, but, you know, they don't They do not do that. They just go, oh, he's he's mute now. Well, she says, you know, she says that uh, he's been mute ever since she became pregnant. Yeah. So which... to be like, I guess to imply that, like, He's so shocked, you know, because he's like, I'm 60. How am I supposed to raise a fucking baby? Yeah, instead of it being because he he pissed off Gabriel. <laughs> oh, Gabriel struck yeah, Gabriel him mute. Yeah, Gabriel strikes him mute in the Bible. And Gabriel's like, a dick. Well, it's, it, it, it's one of those like, motherfucker, I just told you this. You don't believe me. Now you don't get to talk. How do you like that? Until your son is born, you don't get to talk. Soon as he's born, you can talk. <laughs> Or no, it's as soon as he says, as soon as he names his son, because he has to name him John. Can't name him after himself. It's it, it's a whole thing. It's you know, a whole thing. Telling people that they have to do certain things sure does take away from the whole free will thing. I'll just say that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's <laughs> what if he named gotta, him Ted? It, <clears throat> Ted the Baptist. Like, would that have still worked? <laughs> would everything else have played out? Like, what if Mary was a rebel and she's like, no, his name is Jesus. With an H. Because we're in the Middle East. Like, would everything else still have unfolded as it was supposed to? That would have been a way to sticking it to God, being like, Okay, fine. Fine, mister. I'll create humans and they'll have free will. Ah, I'm gonna do what you tell me to with my free will, but I'm also gonna give you the finger while I do it. See, and th th these moments, though, are why I go, Who was this for? Because... <laughs> They do these things where they'll kind of skirt to the source material and then just... They shuffle a little close to it and then back off. Yeah, and it's like, wait, Whoa. What, what are you doing? We don't want to be in danger of plagiarism. <laughs> uh, we have to try and make this original enough. Oh my god. It's a new take. <laughs> it is a take. <laughs> okay, so, so yes... Mary's head doesn't actually explode like a grenade. So uh, it jumps back to Joseph, who was like, is it crazy that I believe Mary? Because I might be crazy. And his parents tell him to just forget her. But that night, Joseph has a dream song about <laughs> warring with his inner self, dressed like light and dark ninjas, argue battling over if Mary is telling the truth or if she got railed by some random guy and not the Almighty. Joseph and Joseph battle one another while a crowd around them wants to get Mary stoned. I mean, stone Mary for being an unwed woman with a child. After everyone else in the dream walks away, Joseph goes up to dream Mary, who then speaks with the voice of Gabriel and tells Joseph to not be afraid. Go to Mary. And then right after Joseph's dream, he goes back to fuck. Right after Joseph's dream, Gabriel goes right back to fucking with King Puss in bed and giving him bad and giving the bad king even worse nightmares. So that song is a banger. It it's it actually is a pretty good song. It's one of two that I I quite like. Yeah, and what I love about it is the this was no immaculate conception. It's the ultimate deception. Mhm. Mm like that's a good rhyming scheme. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. The, good <laughs> Good job. Yeah. <laughs> this is no immaculate conception. It's just the ultimate 
transgression. Oh, okay. Yeah, still, rework sure. It. Let's rework it a little bit. It's no immaculate conception. She just is making shit up for some reason. <laughs> less, less, okay, colder. You're colder. <laughs> but you let the people in the other scene rhyme best with predicament. <laughs> Shut up, Joseph. The rules are different for them, okay? Now get back to fighting no, yourself. No, get back to fighting yourself. I I unironically love that <laughs> Quit scene. Quit hitting yourself. Quit hitting yourself. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, Joseph does have a dream that is Gabriel telling him, hey, you can't do this. You can't divorce Mary. You are going to be Jesus's dad. Which that's in the book of Matthew, not the book of Luke. Because, um, again, I was... <laughs> I had the Bible open for the first time in, like, uh, 14 years. (laughs) Ever since I corrupted you. (laughs) But my god, like, that that part is not the fighting with himself. That would have been cooler. (laughs) Right? Right, the Bible was like, and then Joseph had a rap battle in his dreams. Where he spit some sick lyrics against his darker side. And then Mary got really bright blue eyes and talked like a guy. (laughs) So later that day, King Pussincrown is sitting on his throne, all tired and grumpy, when his son comes in to tell him that three magi want to talk to him. And the king giggles that the magi look like circus people and asks what the fuck they're doing in his kingdom. And the magi are like... You see, we're here to look for this young virgin who is going to give birth to the king of kings. And Puss and Crown is like, why should I help you find someone more important than me? I'm the most important, and I don't like being told I'm not. And then the three magi break into song and dance, being like, Us three magi are wise guys, let us give you myrrh, frankincense, and gold. And I know that's not the tune, Kay. <laughs> and then the three stoogi finish their song and are dismissed. It's a fucking patter song. <laughs> the three wise men have a patter song. And they're clowns. Like, they're there to be comic reliefs. Like, we have, we have Gabriel hitting his head on a beam. And then we have the three wise men with their patter song and acting like like bumbling fools, kind of. Who is <laughs> this for? This is for he who is called I am. Work for Moses. Uh, Mr. Groggy and Grumpy Puss tells his son to find the magic pregnant lady while he takes a little nappy nap. <laughs> And then he gets scared by his own scary lion throne. And in the next scene, when the soldiers come to Mary's cousin's house to look for her, Kay Kay pauses and is like, These chicken breeds do not exist, yet nor would they be in the Middle East. What the fuck? And I laugh and laugh, because Kay is a bird nerd, and I laugh at the rhyme, because it does rhyme, not like half of the non-rhymes in these fucking songs. And then... After, like, this is just a sidebar. <laughs> After we watched it for the second time and I was going through and uh, reading my notes, Kay was on the internet taking paused frames 
of the chickens in the movie and comparing them online to other ones, trying to fucking unravel the mystery of what chickens did they have in this film? And I shit you not, listeners, it was one of the funniest things I have ever seen Kate do because they were so fired up about this, so fired up about the choice of chickens. And uh, it was ugh, so great. Production reds. I'm pretty sure they're production reds. <laughs> Which, how did you get them to Spain? Why did you take them to Spain? Okay. Why did you put them in this movie? Okay, they're in the they're... land of Judah, in the Middle East. They filmed it in Spain. <laughs> but it takes place in the Middle East, gay. Okay? There are Middle East chicken breeds that have existed for a long time. <laughs> That they could have used, they could have used gay fowl, and it would have made more sense. You can't use Middle Eastern chicken breeds on camera; <laughs> they don't look right. You have to use American chicken breeds. <laughs> and Warren is one hundred percent correct. I had, I have a screenshot of the screen because I realized how insane <laughs> it looked. <laughs> but to be fair, to be fair, I am a chicken keeper now. <laughs> And once you start keeping chickens, you start to notice them in movies. <laughs> and you start to notice the breeds. <laughs> oh. So anyways, the prince is dragging Mary's cousin about being old and with child and has his men looking around the farm for Mary. And he's all... And it's at this time that Joseph shows up and snags Mary... And the two of them have a roll in the hay to hide. <laughs> and a guard finds Fig and reports back to the prince that there's nothing here except a big hairy ass. And the prince gives Mary's cousin a gold coin and says, snitch on the bitch if you find her. <laughs> and then he rides away. Mary and Joseph come out from rolling in the hay. And Joseph is introduced to Mary's cousin and her mute husband. Mary is like, so you came to me because of a dream? That's so dumb and unbelievable. And Joseph is like, what? <laughs> and then Joseph convinces Mary to come with him. But Mary is like, I want to get married first. And I want my mute uncle to marry us. And everyone is like, is this bitch crazy? <laughs> and then it cuts to that night. And the mute uncle is wedding the two of them. And Joseph is standing there like, I can't invent a better plot. And then... <laughs> And then, oh, and part of it is because they were looking f specifically for an unwed mother. Mm -hmm. But I just, <sighs> sure, movie, yeah, sure, we're know, playing Joseph, fast like, and loose with biblical canon. He's now. like, I'm sure both of our moms would want to be at this wedding. And Mary's like, No, I want to get married right now, and I want him to do it. And, uh, <laughs> but then again, you know, that night, and Joseph's like, Well, I can't invent a better plot. And <laughs> listeners. I don't believe my eyes as 10 million fireflies lit up the scene as it changes place. But suddenly Mary and Joseph are doing the Hebrew tango with their hands wrapped, briefly, before returning back to regular space and smiling at one another as newlyweds. So they do this thing, you know, uh, uh, the priest, the uncle is draping these... I'm sure it's a... You know, it probably is accurate to, like, how... How they would do How it. How they would but... do it. But they, you know, puts uh, 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 these, like, rags over their hands, and then they each clasp them, and then they, like, walk around each other. And as they're doing that, the scene just changes, and they're suddenly, like, surrounded by fireflies in this dark space. And yeah. it's that way for, like, three seconds. And then they go back to regular meat space, and now they're married. 
and we get the rhymes of arrangement and estrangement. Thank you, Kay. At least those yeah. two... At least they it's, rhyme. It's much better than best and predicament. But yes. it's one of those songs where it's like, this is very not romantic. <laughs> this uh. is, I guess we're stuck together. <laughs> is basically the song. <laughs> That's right. That's right, Charlotte. We then cut to the three magi, enjoying a quiet evening of studying scrolls, when the grumpy prince barges in, being like, You've been here for ages. When will you find the magic baby so my father can kill it? K with Kill it with lots of worshipping, <laughs> which he loves to do to magic peasant babies. And the magi are like, we are patient men who will do our best to find that which we seek. And the prince gets all grumpy asking why the kings would want to worship someone else when they themselves should be worshipped. And the prince tells them that his father wants the mother found and storms <laughs> off, but then comes back to knock a wine bottle off the table in a princely <laughs> tantrum. And Malkior is mad because that was his favorite vintage. <laughs> God. But it is great, though, because when the prince says, I want the mother found, we all were like, <laughs> we all, the way, the cadence of his speech, we thought he was going to say motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, I want the motherfucker found. I'm like, that would, that would have been an acceptable place to use your one fuck. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But the Magi, after the prince storms out, the Magi are like, we need to find the mother before Pissy Puss does. And then we cut to the three Magi riding their camels in the desert, heading towards Bethlehem. The prince tells his father that the Magi have left and that he'll dispatch men after them. And his father is like, just go kill every pregnant woman and baby in Bethlehem. Problem solved. And the, pr and the prince is like, um... Daddy, uh, that might be a bad idea, because you know how murdered women and children tend to piss people off and cause revolts? And Caesar might get upset if there's a revolt in the land of Judah. And then Sleepy, sleepy Pouty Puss is like, well, what would you do if you were king? And the prince is like, well, Daddy, remember that census, the emperor? Emperors are like super kings. Well, remember that census the emperor wants you to conduct? Well, that would give us a reason to, like, count people and be very thorough. And Pouty Puss is like, okay, fine. But if you don't find her, then kill all the babies and baby mamas. Hey, don't look at me like that. You're my son. You've got this craziness in your blood, too. You're not better than me. Oh, okay, I'm tired. I'm going to go sleepy time now. Bye. Then he leaves. This is, it's one of those things where, again, we're playing so fast and loose because all of this part would have taken place two years later, but you know what? Fine. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> unnecessary drama. <laughs> and <laughs> Unnecessary drama. Uh, uh, uh. And then we get another halfway decent song with bad rhyming at times as the <laughs> prince sings about the darkness that's in his veins. And ha is he doomed to be a jerk just like his dad? Thud, thud, thud goes the spears on the floor as men in armor walk back and <laughs> forth in a line dance with spears is yeah. the only way I can describe it. Yeah. 
Anyways, the prince's angry song ends, and we see Mary giving Joseph shit about his stew, telling him that he gets to be the wife because he can cook. And Joseph is like, oh, I can only cook stew. I've not invented anything else I can eat. And the interaction is interrupted by a douche in a bathrobe being like, I'm a Roman with a slightly nasally British accent telling you that you have to journey with your pregnant wife back to Bethlehem to be counted in the census. And we're all like, oh, so there's the title drop. <laughs> and then the two set out in the morning and travel for an undisclosed amount of time, but then get stopped on the road and are forced to stand in line. And Joseph is like, hey, that's the prince we saw in the previous scene. And Mary is like, oh, this is bad. Oh, my God, baby sense is telling me that they're looking for me. We have to get away. Oh. And then Mary starts having contractions and Joseph is like, I have failed you. I'm a bad husband. And then Mary grabs Joseph by the balls and tells him to man the fuck up and to invent them a way out of this. And then the scene just cuts. We don't see what they do, how they get away. We don't see anything. It just cuts. And it goes to the Magi as they're complaining about stinking of sheep dung. On this, the eve of meeting the magic baby god king. And they're hanging out with the shepherds because we have to have the nativity look like what everyone's got in their front lawns rather than... Two Tyrannosauruses fighting over a table saw? That would have been so much cooler. <laughs> Imagine if there were dinosaurs in the Bible like that. Like, uh. And then two T-Rexes came out of nowhere and attacked the Roman soldiers. That would be a fucking miracle. Let me just say. <laughs> let me just say. There are some missed opportunities in the Bible for some truly epic events. They do have dinosaurs in the Bible. Just not the ones you're thinking of. <laughs> Don't they call them, like, behemoths or something like that? I was talking about, like, doves and ravens oh, and shit. Oh, <laughs> birds. You bird nerd. So now, it's now nighttime. And we go back to Joseph and Mary, who are like, Oh no, how do we get past this single guard? Oh my god. And Joseph starts grabbing at random shit like, I'm gonna invent us a way out of here. Oh this my is my god. big moment to shine. <laughs> and Mary, having played Assassin's Creed, lumbers <laughs> over to a bush picks up a rock and throws it to distract the guard. <laughs> Joseph, realizing he's the shittiest inventor who has yet to invent anything in this movie, is slowly starting to have his dream die, being incrementally replaced by the voice of his father. You know, Joseph, carpentry is a valid skill and a respectable trade. Plastic and sheet metal won't be invented for another 2,000 years, and people need tables and shit. And that shit's going to be made out of wood. And carpenters use wood. Hint, hint, Joseph. Maybe you could invent a more practical career choice. If not carpentry, how about plumbing? It's hard to find a good plumber in this period. You could be in a good position once indoor plumbing exists and we stop shitting in dirt holes. Anyways. The guard chases the noise that he heard like a meat puppet on a string and walks so far away he doesn't hear or see the pregnant woman lumbering towards the underground passageway with her lame husband who says that Mary's big hairy ass won't fit through the passageway. <laughs> Except it does. <laughs> Invent some better spatial awareness, Joseph. <laughs> Anyways... Joseph's failed dreams aside, the two stealth their way past the guard and into the city, where they struggle to find a place to hide. 
Joseph goes door to door begging for a place for them to stay, if only for a little bit, but everyone tells him to get fucked. And, like, the whole conceit of this is that they're gonna go be with his parents, not looking for an inn to stay in. Yeah, where I forgot about no that. there's no room. I forgot about that. Where the fuck the are his parents? Inn. They never say, like, you never see him even try to go to his parents. He just starts no. knocking on random doors being like, please, my wife, she's pregnant. Can we hide here? Yeah, like, well, what it is is that there's guards, like, too close to where his parents are. And so he's like, oh, we can't go there because we'll be seen. Which I'm kind of like, they... They're looking for an unmarried woman. Yeah. They have no idea who you are. This doesn't... And the whole thing was there was no room in the inn. <laughs> there was no room in the inn. Maybe what ended up on Where the they cutting... were all coming over for the census that happens every ten years. It's a thing that we all know is going to happen. They just didn't make reservations. That's the whole problem. They didn't make reservations. It was overbooked. Now they get to sleep in a stable. Maybe that's... But no, we need unnecessary drama. <laughs> da, 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 this is dumb. Maybe, maybe Kay, it ended up on the cutting room floor that he actually did go to the inn. But it's like five different inns, and he's knocking on the door, talking to innkeepers. They could have, they could have made that very clear instead of it being people's fucking houses, just random. People. Yeah, just random people's houses. It wasn't like it was inns or anything. It was, God, God, <laughs> who <laughs> was this made for? Because <laughs> the audience that it was targeted at. <laughs> pretty sure <laughs> would have some issues <laughs> i think it was targeted for people who have never heard of jesus which by this point who is that like whether or not you believe in him you've heard of it yeah yeah like the christians if, are really fucking good at that even if you're on the other side of the world and worshiping a different god you've you've heard of this fellow they call jesus yeah you've had someone show up and go hello <laughs> god have you been saved yet Oh, God. Meanwhile... <laughs> Flashbacks, holy shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, while Joseph is knocking around on everybody's door, ruining their nice evenings, Mary is sitting in an alleyway as her laboring intensifies, and a guard sees her and is like, Hey, hey, pregnant lady, are you okay? And Mary starts to panic, and she shuffles away in fear as the guard is like, Wait, wait, I, I just want to see if you're okay. And as he enters the alleyway and turns a corner, he gets a swift blow to the face from Mary's big hairy ass and is knocked the fuck out. Probably killed. Or killed one of the two. Anyways, Joseph takes Mary to a barn, which I should have called a stable, but whatever. There's hay on the floor, so that's all that matters. Joseph takes Mary to a stable and tries to make her as comfortable as possible while the big hairy ass patrols out front like, I dare a motherfucker to come close to my Mary. I'll stomp any motherfucker who comes near. I've killed a man. I now have a taste for blood. I have become death, destroyer of worlds. <laughs> See, Oops, wrong 
wrong religion. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was doing that pacing like you see in uh, some of the old cartoons and stuff where in you're waiting, waiting rooms. Yeah, and... in waiting rooms and stuff. I was like, oh, is that what he's doing? They're having fig fucking pacing. Is he gonna <laughs> is he gonna hand out cigars to the sheep? <laughs> you know, at this point, I'm surprised they didn't stick peanut butter in his mouth and have him talk. Like I said, I'm going to be a marketable plushie. <laughs> I wrote that before we saw this. <laughs> so, back at the stable, Mary is in labor, pushing out a magic baby, and the scene jumps to the three magi and their dreadlocked lady friend, who I a now shepherd. realize is a shepherd, who starts to sing Silent Night, a song written by a German man in the 1800s, as I'm informed by Kay. Then and I realized it was Austrian, but... Whatever. Tomato, tomato. This same difference. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Austrian <laughs> listeners. Do we we have any Austrian listeners? <laughs> we you, do. <laughs> you'll, you'll forgive my ignorance, I hope. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's great, yes. Um, oh my god, Warren. <laughs> isn't he on, like, their money or something? Um, <laughs> like Hasselhoff in Germany, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways... By Austrian and German listeners, we appreciated you. (laughs) A dreadlocked shepherd hippie woman is singing Silent Night. And then Gabriel and some other angels appear in the night sky and proclaim loudly and echoey, And he shall be called Emmanuel, bitches! And then Jesus, and then the Jesus star in the night sky goes supernova, becoming a mini sun and illuminating the darkness. And everyone in the city is like, whoa, dude, that star is bright, yo. And then we see the three magi start ambling into the, uh, I was going to say barn, ambling into the stable where Jesus is all sleeping as a freshly minted baby. A two month old freshly minted baby. (laughs) He is he doesn't look squished or anything and they kneel and they pet and they pray and pay their respects to the magic baby king. Time passes and everyone is asleep having a nice little nap in the stable, but Joseph is awoken by the whispers of Gabe the angel as the prince is like, "I'm here to see the magic baby and give shit to all of you for believing that this child is a king born from a peasant surrounded by shit." And then Mary hears the whispers of Gabe as well and is inspired to action. Joseph helps her to her feet and she confronts the prince. The prince and Mary have a back and forth about how the baby is no threat to the king. And yes, they do believe that this baby is the chosen one. And yes, the baby will save all of those who are lost. It's at this time that all the king's horses and all the king's men (laughs) burst into the barn and scare Mary. And then... Ask if they should kill them all as ordered. Oh my god. The prince has his hero moment and is like, No. Give them safe passage. They're under my protection. To hell with my puss and crown father. This baby is no threat to a true king. And then he asks the baby's name before leaving with his men. And telling them that they should get the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> all of you, leave. Everyone breathes a sigh of relief as the prince's heart grew three sizes that day. And they all agree to get the fuck out. Joseph is like, I had a dream that we should go to Egypt. Which does happen in the Bible two years later. And then they all pack up and leave. We cut immediately to the morning as the Christ couple part ways with the Magi, who give them their classic gifts and argue about (laughs) which of their gifts is better. (sighs) Gotta have that last little bit of comedic relief. I, I... 
I forgot to bring up that they talk about their myrrh and frankincense like it's myrrh. a fucking doTERRA sales pitch. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. I So so when the three wise men show up to King Herod yeah. uh, and they're like, we brought you gifts and, and they do their fucking song and dance number, uh, Malkior is like, I bring you myrrh. And the king is like, myrrh, myrrh. Mur, mur. Sounds like a sheep. Mur, mur. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just they they sell it like it's fucking DoTerra. <laughs> yeah, he's like it does everything. It's a it's a cure all. And what do we know about cure alls? K they cure nothing. That's right. But thank uh, you, Sawbones. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, they give their gifts to to the Christ couple and are arguing about which one is better. Mary and Joseph <laughs> set off into the sunset. And Mary kisses Joseph to complete the rom aspect of this calm. We then hear Mary narrating that her mother was right, and that God had plans for her greater than she could have imagined. And then it cuts to like four to five years later to an older Jesus sitting on Mary's lap, and Joseph is going, Hey, I don't remember it that way. As I recall, I kissed you first. Mwah! And he plants one on Mary. Then they hand Jesus a scroll and tell him that it's time for his scripture lesson and that it's off to bed. And it turns out that Mary got to fulfill her dream of being a teacher after all. And <laughs> Joseph didn't invent shit. The end. <laughs> and before the end credits roll, we are treated to the greatest pre-end credits disclaimer. Oh my God. <clears throat> That's going to be fun. While taking some creative license, the filmmakers strive to remain true to the message of the greatest story ever told. Creative license, my hairy ass, fuck you, eat dick, the end. <laughs> God. Again, though, it was enjoyable. <laughs> uh, if you have the opportunity to pirate this, I suggest you do. Yes, um, yes. Because it's it's entertaining and it's worth watching and jesus would approve of you pirating it yeah uh, i feel that i feel that deep in my heart that jesus would approve of it because uh anything that capitalizes off of the guy who says give all your money to the poor uh i feel like he would he'd be very pissed off yeah i hope i hope he like flogs the producers in their dream <laughs> just whips the shit out of them then <laughs> I... they wake up with like stigmata injuries <laughs> But like whips, you know, like a cat of nine tails. Like remember the Passion of the Christ when they're torturing oh Jesus because it's a fucking God. snuff film. God, you know that there's a sequel of that coming out. What? Yeah. How do you do a sequel to the Passion of the Christ? The Passion Two. Jesus gets whipped again. <laughs> the whippening. How Jesus got his groove back. Like what? <laughs> That's right, Charlotte. That's right. Yeah, you you understand. Charlotte gets it. I just, like, if this hadn't been the story of Mary and Joseph, that would have... How Joseph met Mary. I just, oh my god. You know, that was one of the titles that I thought about doing. <laughs> Let's see, I had uh, How Joseph Met Mary... Uh, when Joey Met Mary was another version. I'm trying to remember the other one. Might have been You've Got 
god seed or something. <laughs> I don't know. You've I, got immaculate conception. Yeah. Sleepless in Nazareth. Um, <laughs> all of the, these are Meg Ryan ones, I'm realizing. <laughs> Except was, for there's something about Mary and Joseph. Because the only rom-coms I watched were the Meg Ryan Tom Hanks ones. Or Meg Ryan Billy Crystal. Anyway, the point is... This movie was uh, from a, from a from a theological perspective. It is. It might be blasphemy. <laughs> absolutely hot garbage, um, but it's worth it. But it's entertaining. It's it's enjoyable. I don't. I I can't. I can't. I can't explain why. Yeah. I am not a religious person, um, but I am compelled to enjoy it. Yeah. It's. It, it's a work of art i use that term loosely i mean it, it literally is because it is art uh i don't have to like all art okay fair but fair. it is art but it's also they there are choices that they commit to <laughs> that you know what bravo um <laughs> lights on it lights off it cured my imposter syndrome <laughs> You know, I wonder if this was a result of nepotism, since Hollywood's, like, full of nepo babies. I'm I'm not sure, because, like I said, the folks behind this were involved with Glee. Um, I just... I don't know why it got made. For money, obviously. I don't think and it blasphemy. did very well. Well... <laughs> I mean, no, but nobody makes anything anticipating it to fail, really. Like, they want it to make money, but you can't, you can't polish a turd and sell it as a gemstone. Like, people are going to still be like, this kind of smells. I'm, I'm glad it exists. Oh my god, me too. I am so glad it exists. (laughs) And if I had seen this at the height of my Jesus kid... I think I would have a very different view of it. <laughs> I could imagine you being very upset because uh, uh, you would have been like, this, yeah. this is sacrilegious. You're, yeah. No, I, I could imagine young Kay being like, am I going to hell for watching this? Because yeah. that's how concerned you would have been. Yeah. And and like what, what Cookie was telling us was that the Catholic Monitor or something, one of the uh, Catholic uh, news outlets or movie reviewers... They fucking hated it. And so I'm just like, okay, target audience was not hit. (laughs) So who was this for? (laughs) Like, maybe just folks who, they see the name Jesus and they orgasm. I don't know. I don't know. Because there are people like that. Oh, that face. I'm sorry, Warren. (laughs) I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I think I broke... I think I broke Warren, folks. Oh, no, I just... <laughs> when I have those moments of, like, no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> no. Not even me, I, I should... No. I, even I have my limits. <laughs> When the tiny people in the control center in my brain go, oh, emergency stop. Like, that's what causes that look. 
<laughs> they have to reroute power like oh no it's stalled quick turn it off and turn it back on you know um but but do you have any closing final thoughts Kay? Like I said, I'm very glad that this exists because this is a hot mess and I love it. It's laughably enjoyable. It is. It just reminds me of watching like bad monster movies and laughing at them. It's it's the equivalent of that, but with a a secular musical. (laughs) Fellow fan fiction authors, this movie will tell you, don't let your dreams be dreams. <laughs> no because... matter, no matter how how much you doubt yourself, you will never write something as terrible as Journey to Bethlehem. But as, as like, because it's, it's terrible, but not. It's a paradox. Yeah. It's, it's, I... It's, it's... It compels me. It does. It compels me so much because this is Bible fan fiction. Like this is this is the equivalent of, uh, like you you decided to write Hunchback of Notre Dame fan fiction based off of the Disney movie rather than the book. Oh, that's an excellent way of putting it. <laughs> that is what this is. <laughs> that's an excellent way of putting it. And it's one of those like this is this is an AU. This is a Mary and <laughs> Joseph rom com alternate. Oh my God! This is a coffee shop AU. <laughs> oh God! But yeah, no, I I love it, and I don't know why. I don't know why, Warren. This is. This I don't is, know why either, Kay. It's one of those things. There are two musicals that have affected my life this year in two very different ways. <laughs> <laughs> one, in, one in profound and one in a baffling. Yes. <laughs> one of them fucking rewired my brain and made me love music again and musicals again. And the other one is this. And the other one made you crack open a Bible and review a few things. <laughs> and go, am I misremembering? I'm not. <laughs> well. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. I don't know for oh, sure oh, 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 oh. when we're coming back, but um, at the very latest, we'll be back in February for Black History Month. But we hope that you all have a safe and happy and wonderful holiday. Thank you all for listening to this fucking bonkers episode. <laughs> um, you got anything you want to say, Warren? <laughs> Santa Warren here to say I hope you've all been good guys, gals, and non-binary pals. <laughs> Next time I see you, if you've been on my good list, I'll let you reach into Santa Warren's sack for a special surprise. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> That'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. And I'm Warren. <laughs> this has been Tone Deaf. Merry Christmas, everyone! Oh my god. <laughs>